what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? Because you guys know this. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast, brought to you by MSOTD Rocks. Rock, but I'll thrive with you guys a very happy Friday, special Friday episode, and I'm at Blue Ridge Rock Fest. Well, not in the video because I'm shooting this from home, but when this comes out, I'm at Blue Ridge Rock Fest, baby. So this is a special episode for you guys, and I'm going to call this one the tour episode because what we talk about in here... My God, so much great stuff about touring, about upcoming tours as well, and what this band is going to be doing next. So it is awesome. Before I get into that, I want to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Fitness. Says yes, Blue Ridge, Mosh Pits for four straight days. And then I'm going to so many shows after that as well. Man, I'm in heaven once again. But I want to make sure I'm not tapping out during any of these Mosh Pits, like, you know, because I can't go because my fitness is there. I have been going to the gym like crazy, lifting, running, biking, whatever it is to make sure my cardio and my strength and my fitness are at peak performance. But I got to make sure I recover right as well to make sure I achieve those fitness goals. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in with different pre-workouts, both stim and stim-free. I use the stim-free stuff because me and caffeine don't get along very well. Different BCAA compounds in order to help you recover. Different proteins, AM, PM, after-workout proteins. Different creatines, multivitamins, whatever you might need to help achieve your fitness goals and to help recover right, Phoenix Fitness has you covered. Our listeners get 15, count at 1, 5% off using the code MSOTD at checkout at fnxfit.com. Link is in the description of the podcast. So thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now on to our featured presentation because the band I'm talking to and the guy I'm talking to today, his name's Brian. He's from the band Fame on Fire. They're playing an incarceration. They're playing at Blue Ridge. And after Blue Ridge, they're going on tour with Currents, Escape the Fate. The second half tour is going to have Battle instead of Escape Fate and Ice Nine Kills. So you're going to hear about how this band got on this tour. You're going to hear about how they had to also forego a tour with Skillet to make sure they do this Ice Nine tour. It's just, it's just nuts. You also hear different stories from Brian about a crazy story about how he could have been the lead singer from From Ashes New at one point. And then what to expect with Fame on Fire going forward as well. Also different things about touring, different touring aspects. It's an hour-long podcast full of just absolutely incredible stuff. So make sure you check it out right now and listen to it and enjoy it on this beautiful Friday or whatever day you're listening to this podcast. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast, this is another rather special episode because I'm going to put it this way. The band I'm talking to right now, the guy I'm talking to right now, he's be performing at Blue Ridge Rockfest, and then his band Fame on Fire has a massive tour that they're going to be in support of with Currents for the first half tour, Escape the Fate, and the second half Bad Omens with the headliner being none other than one of my favorite bands, Ice Nine Kills. So this band has definitely got something going for them. They're definitely going to be one for you to check out right now so that you guys can quickly go get tickets for one of these shows to go check them out. So please welcome Brian Cousins from the band Fame on Fire. So Brian, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. How's it going, guys? Thank you for having me, Kevin. I appreciate it. Dude, thanks for being on. How is everything going so far in your, you know, state of the world, neck of the woods in this, you know, country of ours today? Uh, Well, everything's going pretty great. You know, we're in Florida, so... uh... Everyone's chilling. Everyone's doing their thing, being wild and shit. Nobody knows how to drive. Um, but yeah, we're currently working on a second album. Uh, just been really getting in there, getting everything done for it. Um, I told you this a little bit earlier, but my voice is gone right now because of recording all day and then practicing for the tour because, you know, we're pretty uh, crazy when it comes to wanting to be perfectionist live. And so we make sure that everything is absolutely perfect. So, you know, we're grinding. We're grinding it out. We're doing sessions during the day, practice at night, and uh, getting ready for these shows and these tours, and just really excited for everything, honestly. Dude, just really working, putting in the work to make sure that when you guys are able, are actually going to get out on these tours, get to play these live shows, especially with the levels down that you guys released in 2020, that everything sounds the way you want it to sound, that the energy flow of the show and the set list is the way you want it to be, so that when you're up there, you're able to work alongside with the crowd, uh, kind of feel that energy out and really see how you can provide that positive, like high energy to the crowd. And all of a sudden the crowd's going to respond in kind. It's just going to be this massive positive energy feeding frenzy to the point where all of a sudden everyone's ready to go off and just be like, fuck yeah. And then the next band comes out, we're going to be like, fuck, let's go. And then the whole entire show is going to be one where out of all the shows you guys play, like pretty much every single one's going to be one where people are going to be going home and thinking, oh my God, this is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I think I think everyone's going to feel that way, honestly, because every band we're playing with, I've seen every single band we're playing with live multiple times, and everybody's fucking awesome. So, like, I mean, especially, you know, Ice Nine, uh, they're the headliner, but they, they're an impressive band. 
I mean, yeah, I'm sure you've seen them live a few times. I've only seen them live once, and that was in 2019 on a whim because I'm like, oh, this seems like a cool show to go see. Mostly because Light the Torch was in support of him. I wanted to go see Howard Jones perform. And the day I was supposed to go see him, I'm like, I was working overtime that day. I was super tired. I didn't want to go. I'm like, but I bought the ticket. So I'm going to drag myself to the show. And I still talk about that show to say, I still remember how absolutely insane it was to see all the horror imagery. They played for two freaking hours. They played 19 songs. And they ended with It Is The End and had Spencer in the full clown make. And I'm just like, okay, this is definitely a band I want to check out. Like, everything they have out. And throughout the rest of 2019, it was like, I was just listening to the Silver Scream, every trick in the book. And then Popular Monster by Falling in Reverse Trap. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw that in there as well. It's like, this is what I was listening to for like three straight months. Yeah, I think, uh, I think like 2019, 2020 was really like Ice Nine Kills, like big year for them. Because they definitely stepped down to the spotlight, especially with the Silver Scream album. And uh, I think I saw, I, I saw them towards the end of 2019. That was the last I saw them. I think it's the last time they played, actually. And uh, yeah, they played for two hours. But the thing that, that's really great about them is like they played for two hours, but it didn't feel like two hours. You know what I mean? Like it, everything flowed in the show. It was very entertaining the whole time because I mean, like I've seen, I've been to, I don't even know how many fucking shows at this point in my life. But like, I, I don't, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't get impressed that easily, but I was really impressed. I was really, really impressed by their show, their stage presence, just everything. And like, it, it was, so it was just fucking great. It was really great because I mean, like one of my favorite bands, Avenged Sevenfold, I've seen them probably seven times, right? And uh, by the seventh time of seeing them, I was like, all right, I'm fucking bored. <laughs> I mean, like. Even even same thing with like Disturbed. Like Disturbed, I've seen multiple times, and they're not my favorite band. I really enjoy Disturbed, but they're not my favorite band. But you know that kind of gets kind of wears on you a little bit. It, like two hour sets of Disturbed, I'm just like, okay, I'm probably gonna get out of here. Yeah, I can see where you can make that comparison. I saw Disturbed twice in 2019. The only two times I've ever seen them, and both times I almost suffered probably like first or second degree burns because I was like right up against the stage when they did inside the fire and they dropped the fire. It's just like, I was right next to it. And I'm like, this is fucking hot. Are you kidding me? But I can see where you're coming <laughs> from with that. I mean, the band I've probably seen the most in my time has been rise against, which before 2021, I've seen them nine times, but whenever I go see them live, it's like their stage presence. It's they're like, if you watch them on stage, there's not that much extra going on. It's just nope. the four guys up there playing their hearts out and it's something that I love going back to no matter what because not only do I love the music but it's just you're always getting that energy coming back and forth but I do agree with you there there's very few bands like when I watch their live sets that have just impressed me to all hell where I'm just standing back just like how the hell is this a thing Ice Nine Kills is one of them when I saw Motionless and White it was another one like that especially when I got to see him I think it was actually two weeks before I saw Ice Nine Kills you know right before Halloween I'm like holy crap now this is definitely something and it's one of those things where those live shows that just really like you just remember have that impact on you. You just end up listening to those bands again and again and again. You want to go to those live shows again and again and you get fans for life if you're able to create that kind of a fantastic live show, no matter the stage, no matter the setting. Yeah, totally. Uh, there's a few bands. Um, Motionless and White for me has I've seen them since I don't fucking know since they were like created. I feel like um, they have been hit or miss. They're either totally on it or they're just totally off of it uh and you know that might just be their tour schedule kicking them in the ass um you know i've seen Airtooth, another band fucking great live really really great live huge sound um but i have seen Beartooth like at the end of a tour <laughs> as well and uh it was it was actually the motionless and white Beartooth tour uh back in 2019 and it was it was a rough last show you could tell they were fucking done with the tour See, that's one thing that, like, with Beartooth, I've seen them once. I saw them on the tour they had in 2019 with I Prevail and A Day to Remember. And it's just like, I think they play like seven or eight songs, but just seeing Caleb Shomonte, just the energy that he had, I'm just thinking, holy crap, this is something I have to see again. I'm looking like, okay, when's the next time I get to see it? Uh, and it's going to be at Blue Ridge. So I'm just like, holy crap, I can't wait to be there. And my buddy, who I'm go one of my buddies I'm going with, he basically is like, if whatever happens, you're making sure I get to see Beartooth again. I'm like, well, you. I don't care who else is like going to come with us. I'm going to say, we're going to see Beartooth and I will drag you with me. Just like, I'll put him on my shoulders like Fireman Carousel. Like, we got this! Ah! You know, I actually got to see, uh, I got to check some days because I know there's a couple festivals that we're playing, that they're playing as well. But I don't know if we're playing on the same day as them. 
but hopefully on one of them we are because I want to see them again. I really want to see them again. We're not. I'm not going to be able to see them when they come down here because we're going to be out on the road with Ice Nine. When we're going to be like in fucking Ohio or some shit. Uh, I think Incarnation is when they're down here. Um, so I won't be able to see them when they're down here. So I want to definitely see if I can catch them at a festival. You know, I've never seen Metallica live, but they're playing Welcome to Rockville, which we're playing as well. But they're playing both days that we are not playing. And our tour schedule is set up in a way that right after we play in Welcome to Rockville, we have to leave. Oh, no. Yeah, we have to leave the next day because we got a show. We got a show on the 13th or not the 13th. I think like the 15th in uh, New Orleans at the House of Blues. So it is what it is. <laughs> hey, man, you just got to roll with it sometimes because just whatever happens, happens. Plus, probably some of those days that you're going to be at those festivals that you're going to be performing, just take a look at the lineups that you're going to be able to see people at and see other bands that you're able to stay there for a little bit longer as well. Because, I mean, I know you guys are playing the Sunday at uh, Blue Ridge as well, which I will promise you I will be in attendance for that. I will be in the crowd. You'll probably see me being like, eh, and then probably just get like knocked around a mosh pit and I'll be happy as all hell. Trust me on that one. But I know it's like, I'm just thinking like, you know, there's a lot of great bands on so many different of these, so many of these different uh, tour lineups and these uh, festival lineups that you guys are going to be on. It's kind of like you're a kid in a candy store. You're performing, but then all of a sudden you get to go check out these other ones if you have the time. Yeah, I'm really, really excited for these tours that are coming up. Uh, also, we're playing like we're playing two new songs that aren't even released. <laughs> so, oh boy, so I get to hear two new songs four times. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, one of them is uh, one of them is going to be the lead single off the uh, album. I mean, we're already we're already like. Uh, the album's already written. We're just still tracking vocals for it and stuff like that. But, you know, things got to be done. Things got to be mixed. We're trying to hit release deadlines. So hopefully the song's out by the time we're on the road. One of them, at least. And then the other one's just full fucking screaming balls to the wall. Oh, God. I hear full fucking screaming balls to the wall. And all I can think of is I could potentially get hurt in a mosh pit for that. That's a risk yeah. I am definitely willing to take. No, this one's like, this one's like, it's the heaviest thing that we've ever done. I think it's the heaviest thing that's ever come out of South Florida. Gotta be. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Now you're I really pumping you, I, this I'm, one up. I'm, I'm screaming on the entire song. Like the entire song, I, I'm screaming. Shit, I gotta ask, like, what's the energy level on that song? Is it gonna be something that's gonna be a little more fast-paced, high energy where you screaming? Is it gonna be something that's a little more, like, melodic to really kind of bring out some more of this, like, pain or potential, just really kind of this anguish feel, especially through all this screaming? Oh, no, it's, it's just, it's pure ignorance and pure hate. That's the entire song. So, so it, could go, it could go either way. Yeah. It, 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 I think it's, it's, a, it's a bouncy song. It's like, it's like something to jump to and like, you know, every part of it's pretty much a breakdown. So. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then it, I'll put it this way. When you play that song, especially because if it's going to be something you're going to just like show up and perform on tour as well. Make sure that you tell the crowd, like, this is going to be fucking heavy because all of a sudden you're going to get those people there in the pit just, like, really revved up at that point, and then you're going to deliver on that. It's somewhere you could easily all of a sudden get a lot of people that are going to be at these shows or especially at these festivals that might not necessarily know that much of Fame on Fire, but then instantly get them into the band right then and there. Like, that's one of those live show moments where you can debut a new song and really bring people in. You just have to present it and start it, like, open it up and introduce it the right way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, look, we're the set on all of our shows because we're doing I think we have like four headlining shows during the tour, too. Like, so, you know, we're, there's some days that Ice Nine has off that we're just breaking off them. We're going hit, we're going to hit like another city and we're doing a headlining show. And those are like longer sets. So we're like, fuck it. We're going to start the set off with literally the new single that might not be out yet. We don't. We genuinely, <laughs> we genuinely do not know if the song's out yet. It's we're still like like for example, tomorrow we're going to um, Paul, our bass player's house, because he's got uh, he doesn't have a douchebag neighbor like I do, and we can mix all day at his house very loud. And so I got to go mix at his place tomorrow, and so hopefully submit the song, and hopefully we'll be out by the time that we play these shows. But yeah, we're starting with a brand new song right off rip, and uh, I think it's, I think it's been great. Also, in the in that new song that I was talking about, the screaming one, there's a mosh call in it, so it's gonna be super easy. Oh, then that it makes it a lot easier. Then it's yeah. like kind of like you basically built it in there to really get it going at that certain at that point in time. So, yeah, we we brought back that you know that two thousand eight ish like just 
heavy people going to shows type shit. Like it's still got, of course, emo vibes to it, but like it's it's just an it's angry. It's like when you're an emo kid and you're just fucking pissed at the world. Oh, I remember those. Pe- I remember like especially like 2008, 2009. Just like fuck you, mom. Fuck you, dad. I hate everything about this. Ah! Slam the door shut. And Literally, then, like, start, and like start blasting My Chemical Romance, like just bouncing off your walls, just like th- throwing yourself into them. Just like oh, I just want to fail something. Like get that kind of vibe. Man, a lot of people are gonna end up like remembering that because I know a lot of people that listen to the, especially the kind of music that either what whatever it might have been emo music, more metalcore, metal rock, whatever it might have been especially if we grew up during those times, really felt that at some point and somewhat did that in a way. Yeah, I mean, like, hey, that honestly, rock and roll is back. Like, it's back and it's going great. Oh, absolutely. It's like I take a look at all these different festivals that have been happening. And it's just, you know, everyone knows about, like, the bigger festivals, especially in pop culture. You think about Coachella, think about Lollapalooza, which Lollapalooza does have some rock and metal acts sparsely in there. But then I'm taking a look and like, you know, let's take a look at some of the ones that are coming out with rock and melts. Like you've got all the Danny Moore presents one. Blue Ridge is just insane at this moment, especially looking at the lineup. Uh, in Wisconsin, we saw, I had rock. We had rock fest. I was there. I'm like, you know what? This is like you're still seeing a lot more, even smaller ones pop up all throughout the country as well. But it's when you get some of those bigger ones, it's actually showing up and seeing how many people show up and are at those shows and are actively engaged with the live shows. It's absolutely incredible. It's and it's just something where the positivity of everyone just connected with the music on such a happy way. Absolutely incredible. So yeah, rock is definitely not dead. Yeah, no. And it's coming back with full force. I mean, like even with like the mainstream artists, like, you know, Olivia Rodrigo, Machine Gun Kelly, those type of people are really bringing rock back in the spotlight. And there's going to be so many people that so many, so many kids that listen to this music and, you know, I mean, like, I'm sure like you didn't immediately start liking metal music. You know, you didn't go, oh, metal's fucking sick. Because I'm going to be honest, the first time I heard metal, I was like, this is fucking terrifying. What is this? <laughs> but, you yeah. know, you slowly, slowly dig, dig and dig and dig and keep finding new music, more music. And then you start finding like bands that you really connect with that are some, usually heavier bands. I mean, like, I feel like heavier bands hit harder and that you can you can feel it more, feel the music more. Oh, and absolutely. So, so yeah, I think I think there's gonna be a lot of these kids that are listening to that style of music, like Machine Gun Kelly, Olivia Rodrigo, and they go listen to Paramore. And from Paramore, they'll listen to like Fallout Boy from Fallout Boy, MCR from M- from MCR. They're gonna be like, oh, there's like more bands like this, like Pierce the Veil. Mm. Oh, there's breakdowns in Pierce the Veil. What else is here? Then they get into bands like I don't know about so much post hardcore bands because post hardcore is kind of fucking dead. But like they start getting more into like the metalcore bands and like. Bullet for My Valentine, Avenged Sevenfold, things like that. And then they just keep going down that hole. And eventually, you know, you find more bands and more bands that you like. Yeah, because it easily could happen that way. And I mean, I'm a good example of that as well, where when I started really picking up like what I liked in music is that was not based off of like what my parents are constantly showing me because my dad was a huge rock and music, rock fan in like the 70s and 80s. So think Rush, ZZ Top, Van Halen, the hair metal bands, Electric yeah. Light Orchestra. That's like what he was really into. That's what we were listening to like, when we were kids. Yeah. But then, like, yeah. when I was starting to form my own stuff, it was, I was getting, I got into Disturb thanks to uh, Guitar Hero, because I just, it was, I liked the heavier side of it, but David Draven's voice was something I never heard of in my entire life. I never heard anything connected to it. And then it was, okay, get a little bit more into, like, Linkin Park, it'll, into Rise Against, and then it kind of took off from there. But the only time I ever really wanted to listen to anything that had remotely kind of, like, scratch your unclean vocals in it was listening to Chester Bennington. Anything yep. else that had I'm like, no, 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 I don't want this. No, this is horrible. Then I started doing this stuff and I'm like, and I saw an ad for, uh, this is in 2018. I saw an ad for architects, Holy hell album. I'm like, Oh, you know, this seems like something I might want to check out. And I'm like, metalcore. Oh boy, let's see what happens here. And I dove deep in the, I'm really trying to understand it. And it was from that where the door was open, uh, everything with metalcore. I'm like, Holy shit. I like, I'm not that big of a fan of unclean scream at that point, but uh, wow. Was this album just powerful, just really deep and, impactful and then all of a sudden now i'm like i mean i'm listening to metalcore every single day at this point yeah so architects their singer is on a different fucking level from every other human on this earth i swear to you that motherfucker is insane like i don't know how he has that much scream in like pitch control while screaming it's the craziest thing in the world to me it was like when I scream, I don't I don't consider pitch at all. I say fuck it and I just scream as loud as I fucking can. This guy literally is like meticulous. Like his notes are fucking perfect. He screams exactly the pitch he wants to scream. 
It's wild to me. And that's kind of like why for those that wish to exist, we really end up hitting a lot. And I think it, it would end up charting number one in, in the UK at some point as well. Like a metalcore band charting number one. When, when, you, when can you even fathom that? It's like, no, here it is. Here's the evidence. It's happened. Yeah, that's that's sick. I I mean, like, yeah, there's definitely some really good metalcore out there. Yeah, I, I don't think that Fame on Fire is pretty metalcore, though. We're, we're kind of like, I guess, like, whatever you would consider uh, Breaking Benjamin. Lincoln Park-ish, but not really Lincoln Park. Not trying to rip Lincoln Park at all. No, because like if I'm thinking like Breaking Benjamin, so I always think of like more like alternative metal where it's like it has that metal base to it, but mm. it's just it kind of goes off in a different way where when you think of Breaking Benjamin, it's they're a little bit heavier to be considered like rock or hard rock, but they're not necessarily that full heaviness that they're going to go full metal. But then you listen to something like Red Cold River and you just get Ben Burnley's just deep screams in there as well at the chorus. It's like, holy crap. Okay, here we go. So there's a lot there, especially with what you guys are doing. Because I listen to levels that I'm specifically, um, shoot, I want to remember the name of the song, Headspace. I wanted, I wrote it down. I'm like, I can't forget that because that was a song that attracted me to you guys in the first place. And just seeing how kind of had this like hip hop element in there, but then also had this hard rock, heavier style bass as, at the instrumental. I'm just thinking, okay, definitely got something going on here. Yeah, yeah. We were definitely on that kick for a while. Uh you know, I love the album. I really love Levels, but I also really fucking love what we're doing right now. I think this I think this new album for us is going to do wonders. Absolute wonders. But when it comes to this new album, it's especially you're going to be going into something that might be a little bit heavier, especially with the one song where you're just going to be screaming the whole entire way through. What it's going to potentially open up to is taking what you did on Levels and then what you're going to do with the new album and then in the future potentially blending those styles in together as well. It just gives you guys a lot more variety to work with if going forward also see you know you can connect with this group of fans in this instance but all of a sudden with the heavier stuff oh you can connect with the heavier fans you connect with the metalcore fans more especially if you're going to be on tour with you know currents ice nine kills and bad omens and those fans are going there because they love those bands they love that sound and there's gonna be like holy shit we want to listen to this and all of a sudden you guys are going to come in and with your style but then also deliver on that as well you're providing a lot more substance for people to really sink their teeth into when it comes to checking out your music, especially after the live show is over. Yeah, I think that's like super important too. Like not sounding the same album after album. You know, I feel like that's Disturbed's biggest all is they sound the fucking same on every album. It's it's the truth of it. Every single album sounds the same. Every you could swap out any songs from any other albums and put it in a different order, and it all sounds like a complete album. That's not a bad thing, but that's something that I've never wanted to be like. For me, it's always like, you need to evolve. You need to change your style. You need to change your sound. And that doesn't necessarily mean going more poppier or going more mainstream. That means going whichever way you didn't go last time. Like, you know, last time, Levels is... Levels has good songs. It has hip-hop elements. It's a bit... Some, some elements are poppy at times, but like still heavy. But the next album is heavier, but has better melodies to it. It's just, I don't know, and less hip-hop elements, to be honest. Like, there's still hip-hop elements, but we wanted to be more unique, more industrial with the elements. Like, it needed to have a fresh face on it because I feel like a lot of bands, I mean, I heard a story from a friend where he's like, yeah, like, I, I have a buddy out in Los Angeles who writes music for other people. And um, he was talking about writing with, uh, or he had a friend that was writing with uh, Three Days Grace and how they're including emo rap style like instruments in their new music and i was like i don't know that's a spoiler i honestly don't care if it is <laughs> but um i was like okay if three days grace is doing this shit now then this is like to me it's past the point so we need to evolve it's time to evolve it's time to change it up it's time to do something different because you don't want to be caught sounding like every other band that's a big thing no, because when you sound like every other band, what's going to end up happening is, is the bands that really started out sounding like that are going to be the ones that hit. But then it's it's kind of like that the followers fallacy where you're always going to be second in line. You're always going to be kind of just a couple months or like a year behind everybody, like or a step behind everybody because they got there first and it was prominent. And then for if you're trying to follow that, then all of a sudden it's you're going to create music, put it out. But that the time frame when that was popular might have passed. I've seen it happen not only in music, but I've seen it happen, you know, anywhere around the world, sports, fashion, you you name it. But like anything that became popular, it's people that try to adopt it, you know, a little bit later on. 
kind of seems to go by the wayside and they're kind of forgotten about in a way. But kind of using what you said with Three Days Grace as well, one thing that kind of reminds me of that is now, take a look at what you talked about earlier with like Machine Gun Kelly, where it's kind of getting these this younger generation of fans into rock and metal. Now, if you're going to see a band like Three Days Grace kind of put some of those different instrumentals in their new, in their new stuff, all of a sudden they put it out, they market it a little bit more towards that younger generation. Now they're going to get into it. They're going to check it out. Their songs could easily become more popular. Their new ones especially could become more popular like on TikTok. And then kids check it out. They check out Three Days Grace's for, or newest album. Then they check out some of the older stuff. And then they go back to like the stuff in the 2000s. They realize, wait, this is a completely different lead singer, but they like the voice. Now they check out older Three Days Grace. They check out Saint Sonia and they start to broaden their horizons there. It's something where I totally understand the evolution of it. And I know there's going to be people that will definitely go against it, but it's going to be something where, why are we going to go against it? It's something that they're going to try. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. Music right now is definitely evolving. Once again, I think that emo rap is getting phased out. I think emo rap is overplayed. There's so many, you know, when when everybody starts sounding like a carbon copy of somebody, you know, you hear a lot of people go, "Oh, you should check out this new dude. He sounds like he sounds like Juice World." It's like, well, I mean, Juice World already has fucking a million songs out there. Like, why would I listen to this guy? Like, if he sounds like Juice World, I'm going to listen to the person I believe is the better artist, you know? And there's people who are like, oh, this guy sounds like Post Malone. Like, everybody's starting to sound like the bigger artist, but they're smaller. So they're never going to surpass the bigger artist. Even though Juice World passed away, they're still never going to surpass that. It's the same concept with Linkin Park. A bunch of bands. Chester died and a bunch of singers looked at themselves and they go, it's my time to be Chester. It's like, no, it's fucking not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna beat a legend. Like there's nothing you can do about it. You're still get, like there's a glass ceiling, and if you don't change your style, if you don't change your sound, if you don't change your attitude towards music, you're never gonna get out of this glass ceiling. Oh, absolutely. And like there's bands that it, I can understand when it comes to taking influence from those bands. We don't want to be a carbon copy of them. And a good example of a band using the Lincoln Park one where. A band took a lot of influence from Linkin Park, but made their own style, made their own sound, and it become rather popular in the rock and metal spheres from Ashes to New. Yep. I got a funny story. They asked me to be their singer. Wait, really? Yep. Okay, I got to hear this story, man, because this is good stuff. So this was uh, back in, I think, 2016. I think it was 2016. And uh, they just, I don't know what happened to their singer. Their singer said, fuck it, I won't do this shit anymore. And... He reached out to me on Instagram. I think it was Matt. Well, I know it was Matt who reached out to me. So Matt, the rapper, he reached out to me and he said, hey, how would you feel about being in our band? And I said, and I was just like, he's like, you want to get on a phone call and talk about this? And I was just like, oh, fuck. Because, you know, he heard some of the, the Fame on Fire like covers that were out and shit like that. He knew I was a good singer. And so, yeah, he wanted, he wanted me to join their band. And it was the early days of Fame on Fire. So we didn't really know what to expect. I mean, like, you know, we had we had some money coming in from doing the covers and we had we were working on originals at the time, but there was nothing. We didn't have a staple yet. We weren't a true band. We didn't we haven't toured a single day in our lives, anything like that. And so I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll take this call. And so I got on the phone with him. He was super nice, super cool. We talked about a lot of shit and he let me know the game plan for, for Masters the New. I was like. That's super awesome. Like everything that they were doing, everything that he said they were going to do, they did, which is really awesome to see. But um, yeah, he, you know, he was talking, he wanted me to be the singer of their band. And I said, let me get back to you. I got to talk with my bandmates about this because I don't know if this is possible. He said, totally cool, dude. I'm not trying to like take you from fame or anything like that. I just want to see if you were available to possibly do it. And so I talked to the rest of the band and uh, boys in the band basically said, if you do that, fame's over. And I said, they're like, I mean, like, it's your choice, but like, none of us want you to do it. And I said, okay, and I'm not doing it. That's it. So, so I'll say, so essentially you just kind of stuck with what you, because you want to do fame on fire. Like, it's easy to see that. And yeah. it's something where I see, it feels like, especially with the bandmates that you have, it's you want to continually work with them and really create something that you had, where even though you completely respected what From Ashton was doing, you completely respected the them reaching out to you asking. It's something to where you just took a look and saw what you really wanted to do, whether it's go from go to From Ashton or stick with him on fire, stick with your bandmates. And it seems like right now, I mean, honestly, it seems like 
everyone it kind of worked out for the best where with fame on fire it's you guys really starting to get traction for matches to new is really got going right now especially 20 2020 with how they dealt with the pandemic releasing panic the single and then releasing the album and then oh they're doing I mean, they're just, doing awesome right now they're doing so awesome right now but yeah it was like for me the big thing was is i looked at the situation and i wanted it to be something i like you know family fire is my baby I created, I was there, I've been there since day one. I created Fame on Fire with Blake and Alex and then Paul tagged along. And, uh, but it was, you know, it's something I created. And I knew that if I joined from Ashes to New, it would never be a band that I created. Now, of course I can make it my own and I could, you know, get tons of fans off of it and, you know, do whatever, but like it would never be something that I made. And so that was very, very important for me. Oh, I understand that completely. It's kind of the same way with the podcast. Well, for some reason, someone tried to pick this up and buy it or something like, oh, you know, we're going to bring you on to our thing or you want to be on our podcast instead of do your own and be like, I don't know about that because then it's something where kind of following someone else's mindset, someone else's game plan, someone else's rules that necessarily aren't my own or where when it comes to him on fire, it's you create it. It's your, you and the guys that create it. You guys are the full on directive creative force behind the whole entire thing and because you created from the ground up you feel that connection to the whole entire base of the project so you want to focus in on that again that's totally understandable that is completely something that i don't think anyone's going to blame you for yeah no and and you know i talked i called matt up and i told him what the deal was and he said i, I totally respect that i totally understand i was like good luck to you man can't wait to see who the new singer is things like that he's like thanks man we're still searching and you know their new singer is fucking fantastic absolutely fantastic Oh, absolutely. I mean, just to, I to, again, I, like I took a listen to Panic and it was the single Panic was one of my favorite song from 2020. Just seeing how especially kind of having more of that Linkin Park vibe to the song as well and hearing how Danny's like screams r really kind of had a very similar feel to Chester's, but not the same. And then his clean vocals really worked within that as well. And then listening to the rest of the album, like, OK, Danny's definitely someone that fits in with that from Ashes to New Style, taking a look at their personality as well. It's just someone that fits in right there with them. So it seems like, again, you would have fit in perfectly fine with them as well. But in the end, both you and Fermash the new end up going in the direction that you want to go with. And it seemed like the right way to go. Because now, again, take a look at Fame on Fire. You guys released levels last year. And now you're on this massive tour that's going to be happening again with the first half, Currents, Escape the Fate, Ice Nine Kills. The second half, Take Out, Escape the Fate, and put in Bad Omens. Yeah. I'm excited to see Bad Omens. They've actually... Uh, I've never been a fan of Bad Omens until... Until they released, uh, what was it? The fuck was the name of that single? I don't uh, remember the name. I don't remember the name of the single. I can sing you the lyrics. I can sing you the song. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the single. I think it was called like. I don't remember the name of the single. It's on my playlist. Yeah, they dropped the single. Um, I think in 2020, and it was just fucking great. Like really, really great. Um, was it the was it limits? <laughs> Limits. Yeah, that's what it was. I, I thought it was like, I was like thinking levels for some reason, but I'm like, wait, that's me. <laughs> no, I had to quickly look it up. I'm like, I know what you're talking about. I know I've got it on. I know I've got it on like, cause I still, whenever I go to the gym or everything, I still have an old ass iPod. So I download everything on there. Cause I don't want to have internet on there. I don't want anyone messing with me or any like notifications keep popping. I'm like, this is my time. So I yeah. download everything. I'm like, I know I have it on there somewhere. So I just had to quickly go and take a look at it. But I've seen them. I saw them once and I saw them at Rockfest and fortunately at Rockfest in Wisconsin, uh, Security really didn't like us moshing. So we got to mosh for like 15 seconds before they broke it up. And it was just the energy that Bad Omens brought. I'm just like, okay, I got to go see these guys again. And I saw they're on the second half of the tour with Icicle. I'm like, why could they be on the first half? Because I kind of wanted to see them a little bit more just with the energy they bring. But they're going to be at Blue Ridge. So I'm like, okay, we get to see them there. We're good. Yeah, I'm excited to see them live. Um, I, I, I caught them briefly uh, at Self Help back in 2017. And... I don't know. Their music at the time didn't do it for me. So of course they weren't doing it for me, but you know, I think that, I think that their new shit, I'm sure they feel the same way as this, that they think their new shit is amazing. And, you know, I think they got it together. They started writing some really, really good songs and uh, they're, they're onto big things. I mean, like, Hey, they're, what is, uh, when we're with out with them, it's, they're the, um, they're right before ice night kills, whatever it's called. The current so, they're well. They're right. They're they play right before Ice Nine Kills goes on, and that's a great okay. spot to have on a tour. Oh yeah, absolutely. The only thing is, is especially knowing the. I mean, this is something I always think about with tours as well is knowing the energy that the headliner is going to bring 
it's kind of like you have to have a show that's going to accurately like lead up to that in terms of energy to the point where because the big example I always bring up is the Beartooth I Prevail Data Remember show when Beartooth went on. Beartooth's energy is absolutely insane. It's crazy. So yeah. the crowd is all amped up for it. Then I Prevail goes on. They open up with Bow Down and like okay, everyone's still into it. But then they bring in some of the slower stuff they had off of their uh off of their 2019 album. And the energy just really got let out of the whole entire building. So it felt like after a while, there was this massive space in between the high energy of Beartooth and then the Data Remember show, which, of course, is always going to be high energy. But when it comes to like, especially with Bad Omen's going to be on that bill, after seeing them at Rockfest and seeing their stage presence from what my friends had told me when they saw them back, I think it was in 2018, like the stage presence just necessarily wasn't there. See them in 2021, I'm thinking... Oh yeah, that's going to be a great lead in, especially with how they bring the energy and then have currents before them and have you guys before them as well. It's just, I I look at that show, I'm thinking this is a fantastic build from start to finish to finish up with Ice Nine Kills. Yeah, well, I'm excited for you to see it because you're going to see me. I'm a fucking, I'm I'm just wild on stage. I don't stop moving. And it's actually kind of an issue because I'm like fucking dead after the show. But, you know, it's not that long of sets, which is good. It's not like a 45 minute set where I have to run around the entire fucking time. But, you know, it's, uh, I'm just, I think it's going to be great. I'm oh, abs- fucking wilding out and hopefully I don't get yelled at by somebody for wilding out too hard. I honestly don't think you're going to be yelled by someone for wilding out too hard just because you're going to be going crazy up on stage. And again, especially from us in the crowd, we're going to see you really getting into it. So we're going to pick up on that positive energy and that's just going to be something that's going to be a catalyst for us just to really amp up as well. And then kind of like, okay, now we're going to go into currents after that. And they're going to hopefully bring the energy. And then all of a sudden for the first half where I'm going, then escape the fate. Hopefully they're going to bring as well. Then all of a sudden here comes Ice Nine Kills. And I know that's going to happen. So I'm just like, okay, this is going to be something where you're going to start us out on a on a real good note. And it's just going to keep building from there to the point where I, when people go I, I to those shows, they're going to remember it. <laughs> I hope it does. Because here's the thing. It's like, it's really fucking easy for a band to play seven songs and just come swinging with every song. Now, this is where I prevail. It's like, I get what you're saying, like the energy died down, but like I prevail has some aggressively, like insane songs, like Bow Down's a fucking banger. It's an insane song. But then you have songs that are like kind of slower, like, you know, Hurricane even. Mm -hmm. Hurricane's a pretty fucking slow song. Like it's a good chorus. It's a good song. But playing it live, it's a slower tempo. It's like just a slower vibe. And so... Yeah, the aggressive vibe is going to die down when they play a song like that because, you know, they're trying to be more mainstream. They're trying to appeal to a broader audience. But at the same time, the people that are at that show, and as you remember, I Prevail show, are there. A lot of people are there for a day to remember to watch, you know, uh, probably, honestly, it was probably Beartooth and a day to remember because I know more Beartooth and day to remember fans than I know I Prevail fans. That's just my perception on it. But um, I mean, the guy prevails streams really well because they have really good songs because they appeal to more people. But I don't think they have as many dedicated hardcore fans as Beartooth does. And especially not as the Data Remember does because the Data Remember fans are fucking wild. So I feel like, you know, they have this broader songs and these people that listen to the songs that are like, I really like Hurricane. It's a great song. Oh, do you want to go to a rock show? Oh, no, I don't go to rock shows. So. Like, maybe they just don't end up ha- pulling as many of their fans that enjoy their music, but don't go to shows. Because, you know, that's the thing that exists out there. That could very well be the case. And it's not more like when I looked at that show, I, I thought that I Prevail definitely deserved to be on that bill. But I thought to be a better show, if they would have had I Prevail before Beartooth and Beartooth Lean In Day to Remember, I'm like, holy crap, now that would have been the, a great build. Because Hurricane is a song. I, I absolutely love that song as well. It's a beautiful song. It really has this impact for us. And then when you get to the bridge and the breakdown of it, it just really adds more to it. But... All of a sudden, it's just how that how that builds and how the energy is of the whole entire show. To where when I first saw Ice Nine Kills, because it was Light the Torch and then Fit for a King goes on right after Light the Torch. I'm like, okay, now we're getting more amped up into it. And all of a sudden, here all of a sudden here comes this creepy like you know campfire vibe, and all of a sudden kids singing you know about Crystal Lake, and all of a sudden, thank God it's Friday starts. I'm like, okay, we're fucking into this shit, and it just <laughs> went off from there. But even with Ice Nine Kills, well, when they bring in some of the slower songs as well, like when they brought in Testament, when they bring in a Grave Mistake. It's how, especially when it comes to a set, and I know you probably can test this as well, when you have different songs, like a little bit more of a slower pace, you're going to have like, instead of just coming out full on swing and you have a longer set, it's figuring out a way to kind of pace those out to the point where even if you are going to have a lot of heavier, harder songs, 
all of a sudden it's like, you know, have a lot of heavier, harder ones that like, if you have a 14 song set around like nine or 10, all of a sudden, okay, you know, might want to slow it down a little because people are going crazy in the, in the audience. They might need a little bit of a break, like a one or two song break before all of a sudden, okay, amp the energy right back up for the last like 10, 15 minutes of the show. Everyone's recharged. Everyone's re-energized. Everyone's going crazy. You can easily always put those softer songs in there, but it all depends upon the construction of how they are in the set list and how it flows. Yeah, and you're honestly, you're allowed to do that as a headliner. And also, here's the thing with Ice Nine. They are so theatrical that they know when their set's going to slow down. They make sure to keep it creepy and to keep it weird and to keep it entertaining. Like, they understand what they are doing. And, you know, that's an important part of it. But being a headliner, you get away with more shit. Because you're going to have, even on your, on your slow songs, you're going to have everybody in the crowd. If you're the headliner, everybody in that crowd, if they don't give a fuck about you, they're leaving. That's, that's it. They're going to leave the show. So everybody that's left in that crowd is there for you. And so you can do whatever you want. You can sing your slower songs. You can sing, you can hit your heavier songs. But, you know, it, but it is also how you pace your set. Because you don't want to go from like, I mean, it is okay, I think, to go from an obnoxiously heavy song to a slow song. Oh, it, it absolutely is. Because I've seen that happen before, especially at some of these festivals. Where all of a sudden, it's like you're going crazy in the pit. And you're just getting exhausted because it's just, you know, might be like, you know, 90, 95 degrees. outside, might be humid as all hell. It's just like, okay, we need a little bit of a break. So we don't all pass out. And all of a sudden the band's like, okay, we're going to come out and play a slower song or two. And everyone's just like, thank you. <laughs> we just need to catch our breath. All of a sudden after two, everyone's like, okay, we're ready to go again. Let's do this. And they're just like, okay, we're ready to go now. Let's do it. It's just like the perfect construction for something like that. And then I, I do agree with Ice Nine Kill, especially when they bring in some of the slower stuff as well, especially as a headliner using a lot of the imagery that they use, a lot of the stage presence, just keeping everything kind of with that, you know, creepier horror kind of vibe. You can really use that as a, as an aspect where even if you're going crazy in the, in the pit or something, all of a sudden a slower song comes in, you have to turn your attention on stage. There's still a lot there for you to take in and still for you to really stay immersed within the show as well. Now, when it comes to being more of on the opening side of things, you're not going to have that sort of kind of leeway to really work with. So your set list is a little more limited. However, you can still try a couple of different things as well in terms of how you construct your set, where you're going to start with, where you're going to end with, how you're going to have the whole entire thing flow. Because when we're, when we're in the crowd, it's, you know, we're going to listen to songs and we're going to let that really fuel our energy. And if we're going to start really feeling it and all of a sudden, like, you know, if you're potentially teetering on the edge of really going crazy or not, what, if you're going crazy up on stage and just flying all over the place, we're going to feel that. And all of a sudden bodies are going to be flying in the pit. Yeah. And that's, and that's the important thing. It's like, you know, we've played, we've played our fair share of shows where there's fucking nobody there. We've been in bumfuck Egypt and there's like 14 people in a crowd and, uh, and, and you know, there's nobody there. And, you know, this is early on in like touring days and shit like that. But there's nobody at our show. There's 14 people. And it's so hard, especially being a singer or a band, like just to get into it and engage with the crowd. Now, sometimes it is awesome because um, it's, it's more intimate with the crowd, even if there is only 14 people there. Um, I'm hoping that never happens again. But yeah, <laughs> if there's people, if there's people in the crowd, like it's very easy for me to lock into it, just lock into just being a fucking rocks are honestly honestly they control the crowd honestly i don't think you're ever gonna have another one of those times you're gonna have 14 people in the middle of bumfuck nowhere watching your set i mean <laughs> it's gonna be somewhere what i kind of see is everyone is gonna be able to take a listen to levels they listen to the whole entire album as well but then when it comes to you know now getting back out on the road and then going out with of course again current skip fit battlements ice nine kills what you're going to end up seeing is you're going to end up seeing a lot of these fans and then they're going to start to, you know, show up to the shows. They're going to start to see like, you're going to wait to see what you guys have to bring because they might know currents. They're probably going to know, they're probably going to know bad ones. They're easily going to know escape the fate, but they're not going to really know you guys potentially. So all of a sudden, if you come out like, and you just come out swinging with that first one where it's just all, you know, just you all stream with the new single that could potentially be the one where all of a sudden people just be like, Holy shit, I want to be into this. Or what you could do is you could wait a little bit later and maybe even play that at the end of the set as well, because now you've got more time for more people to show up because, of course, there are always going to be stragglers showing up at the shows a little bit late. Yeah, totally. Um, I think we have our the shows with Ice Nine Kills uh, figured out. Uh, I think I think we have a really good set planned, and you know, we got some crowd pleasers. You know, like we we're playing we play numb we play numb from Lincoln Park, and that's if you ever want a crowd to be into you and like. Like that one guy that sits at the bar and ignores you the entire set and 
fucking turns around eventually because he hears numb. Like, that's one of those songs that like people are like, huh? Like this fucking band's ripping numb from Lincoln Park. This is wild. So, you know, we got that song in there to really like kind of seal the deal. But yeah, we're basically a, a show is like a being an opening band is basically just selling yourself to the crowd. Not going to lie. When I think about it, especially like, you know, times during the tours and times during live shows when the bands are kind of interchanging and it's like, you know, once that ends, the next one's going to be in the, and the instrumentals are being exchanged, all that kind of stuff. And you're always playing music over it and your people are hearing it. There's always certain songs that always get the crowd like connected and going. I think the one that connects the crowd at any given time, no matter what the most is numb by Lincoln park. I've heard it a couple of times played and it's just, People are in the crowd. They're packed to all hell. I saw it happen. It was between I Prevail and Day to Remember. They did this. And the crowd was so fully into it. I'm like, I, you thought you were at a Lincoln Park show. Then they go to Chop Suey by System of Down. They're playing yeah, I was that just on gonna the say that. I was just going to say that. And Chop Suey is the, the place is Chop going Suey. nuts. The place is going I think, nuts. I think Chop Suey is the number one like crowd participation song that like when no band's on stage, everyone's sitting there in the fucking pit sweating their balls off. Everyone's <laughs> like Chop Suey comes on. Everybody becomes fucking brother and sister holding hands holding fucking each other and just singing chop is that one that just gets the crowd amped up again in between live sets but i think numb is the one that just connects the crowd to ever just together because everyone knows lincoln park especially for a rock metal show everyone knows numb and everyone has some sort of a connection to it in a little bit of a deeper emotional way so it's just somewhere everyone's going to be singing those lyrics and especially since 2017 everyone has a much more deeper impact on that song as well so it's something to really add to it. There is one question I want to make sure I ask you, and I, I kind of waited a little bit too late, but I'm still going to ask you this because we haven't talked right. about the tour. How did you guys get on that bill? Because, again, taking a look, I'm like, okay, of course, Ice Nine Kills in the first half, Escape Fate, second half, Bad Omens, and then Currents, and then you guys. How did you get on this bill? Okay, so um, basically, we, we got a new agency, uh, UTA, and... They're fucking, they're, they're goaded. Like they're fucking sick. And, um, they, I think, I think they represent Einstein as well, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but yeah, basically what happens is, um, people like agencies reach out to other agencies or reach out to the artists if they're in the same agency and, um, they go, Hey, would you like to tour with this band? And a band either says yes or no. Some bands you know, and, and it's also a matter of how much money is there? Do, do we need to pay them for the show? Things like that. So it's all up to the headliner. So luckily enough for us, Ice Nine Kills was like, yeah, this band's cool enough. They can come with us. That's it. Like, it's, it's like, it's as simple as that. Our agency reached out to them and they said, yeah, they're, they're a good enough band to be our opener for the tour. And we said, let's fucking go. This is sick. You know, it, it's, it's actually funny because, uh, there was a, another offer that we unfortunately couldn't do because we had to be on the whole tour, but we got an offer from Skillet. As well. I'm wearing a Skillet shirt at this yeah. one, I had no idea about that. <laughs> yeah, we got an offer from Skillet, but we weren't able to do it because we were going to be on tour with Ice Nine. And like we were, you know, we want to, Skillet's a way bigger band. Um, they're, you know, Skillet's very more mainstream rock. Um, but we wanted to, you know, stick to our guns and, you know, we really want to do this tour with Ice Nine because we think it's going to be fucking awesome. And also we want to play like our heaviest fucking songs that we can because I think, why not? Like, when are we going to be able to do this again? No, absolutely. I totally agree with you on that as well, where sticking to your guns, of course, going out with Skillet, you guys would have played to even larger crowds as well, but you played a little bit more of those mainstream rock crowds as well, where when I've seen Skillet, it's most time you got those mainstream rock crowds, except for I think the first time I saw them because it was it was on tour with them, Under Oath, and Breaking Benjamin. So you're gonna bring Under Oath wow. in there, and you're gonna get the heavier you're gonna get the heavier fans for Under Oath, and a Breaking Benjamin is gonna be heavier than Skillet. Skillet was the lightest band on that bill, but Skillet brought the energy. So I'm like, okay, this definitely still fits. Where if you guys went on tour with Skillet, don't get me wrong, a lot of people would have been out there. A lot of people would have seen music because Skillet does have a very good following. I've already seen them once this year, so that that even adds on to it. But <laughs> It's something where sticking your guns with Ice Nine Kills, you're gonna, you're not gonna. I don't think you're gonna necessarily get to see as many fans as you would, especially you know potentially jumping ship after the first half and going to tour with Skillet. But 
it's especially taking a look where that second half of the tour is going with Ice Nine Kills because you're kind of going a little bit more south around your area around Florida and then back up to the northeast, especially once they get to, you know, get to the, you know, northeast area, the Boston area where Ice Nine is from. That's going to be something where those super dedicated fans to Ice Nine Kills could all of a sudden become super dedicated fans to Fame on Fire. That's the thing, too, is I think that Ice Nine Kills has very a very dedicated fan base and you know they have it's it's also a younger crowd and that's the people that we want to appeal to because they're going to be the ones that go and fucking brag to all their friends about a, a new band that their friends don't even know about and you know that's like what i used to do when i was a kid like you know i i remember i saw asking alexandria very early on i told all my friends about it and everybody started listening to Asking Alexandria. Like, and, then every, and then it was a thing that, hey, when are they going to be in town? Because we're going to go to the show. So it's one of those things where it's like, we want to become a, a fan that you and your friends use in your inner circle. And honestly, I think going out with Ice Nine Kills is definitely a way to go about it. Because again, from personal experience, that was when I first saw Ice Nine Kills. Like, that's what happened was I got some, I'm like, hey, you got to check out this band. Because again, all the different things they have with horror, with horror and all these horror, horror movies, even the novels as well with the every trick in the book. I'm like, this is just insane. If so, if you like any bit of this, you're going to want to check it out. Also, you just like Metalcore because if shit fucking slaps. It so does. all of a sudden, it's you get fans that are really dedicated into that. And now you're giving them a chance to get dedicated into you as well. And I totally understand where you're coming from as well, where again, skill would have potentially given you a larger audience to work with, but ice nine kills is going to give you the younger audience. That's potentially really going to connect with your music a lot more passionately than a crowd. Like, you know, a bunch of people that be going to see skill. Don't get me wrong. People that be going to see skill could easily get in your music as well and get into a passion like they did with skill. But I think sticking with ice nine kills that you have a greater chance for that. Totally. I mean, like, look, at the, at the end of the day, we would love to do both. Like, Skillet is our bass player's favorite band. So, like, we when we when that was, like, being discussed, it was like, can we do it, like, when we're not on the road with Ice Nine during October? And it's like, no, they want you guys for the whole show tour. And we're like, fuck, that sucks. But it is what it is. Uh, you know, Ice Nine came first. We got we got we got to stick to our guns on this one. But uh, hopefully we get the to tour with Skillet someday because I do think that would be fucking sick to play to an uh, insanely sized crowd. You know what? Maybe twenty twenty two. Maybe twenty twenty two. Yeah, I mean, like we do have a connection there. We um, a producer that we worked with has also produced Skillet Records, and so hey, hopefully it all works out for us. Yeah, and even like they asked you to be on this one as well. And knowing Skillet with their rigorous tour schedule, like they're definitely going to go out on the road in 2022. They're probably going to go international as well, but they're definitely going to stay stateside and do something like that. So easily ex- ex- expected that you guys could be on that bill once again. And then your bass player can basically live out his dream of playing with Skillet. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm going to ask him if he wants to go out on stage with them. And he'll probably, he might walk out just like, uh. <laughs> Like just kind of like freaked out, like okay, I'm actually playing with Skillet. Hi, everybody. Uh, I I wonder what he would do if he actually if that actually happened. He probably he probably wouldn't do it. He, even if they're like, no, come play with us. He'll be like, no, I don't have in ears. He'll be like, no, 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 we'll hook you up with our in ear guy. You got your own molds, right? He'll be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they would definitely do something like that. Skill some of the nicest people out there. So I'm like, yeah, they definitely would just like if they asked him to. It's like no, they would make sure that they would have everything possible for him to be ready to go and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would that would have been great. But you know, 2022. You 2022, but hey, 2021, you guys are going to be on tour again with Ice Nine Kills. There's going to be the first half, the second half. So everyone, be sure to go and check out that tour if you can, because like I said, they're going to be also playing at Blue Ridge as well. So you're going to be at Blue Ridge. I believe they're playing Sunday, not only uh, Ice Nine Kills, but especially you guys. So Fame on Fire, they're playing on Sunday. You guys know I'm going to be in the crowd and then they're playing. I believe it's really kind of all across like the Midwest, especially the first leg, second leg, more of the South than Northeast. So definitely go check it out as well because I will be there not once, not twice, not three times, but actually four times because, well, I can't stay away from live shows. That's just my thing. So, yeah, if I'm going to go see these guys four fucking times, you should go and see them at least once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Blue Ridge Rock on Sunday. I knew I got that right. Woo! It's a, oh, we're playing Incarceration and then Blue Ridge the next day. Oh, boy, that's going to be just fun as all hell, though. Yeah, Incarceration is going to be crazy. I might get a tattoo. I'm not sure. Hey, if you're going to get it anywhere, why not incarceration? I, you know, it sounds fucking dirty, though, to get a tattoo on tour. It just sounds gross. But then again, 
you're gonna look you might look back and be like yeah it's not a gross but hey i got a tattoo on tour but not only that but it was at a music festival that celebrates rock and roll music but also tattooing at the same time like come on it's like a match made in heaven it sounds fucking filthy i'm not gonna lie (laughs) (laughs) it sounds fucking filthy like the whole idea of incarceration just sounds gross to me but i don't know i haven't done it yet We'll, we'll see what happens. I know a lot of people like it. Give it a shot. It, for me and my friends, it was, we were either going to do Incarceration or Blue Ridge. And we're like, you know what? Let's do Blue Ridge because it's more days. And crazier bands are like, you know what? Let's do it. But there's so many overlapping bands between Incarceration and Blue Ridge. are like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm still happy. Yeah. No, I think I think both festivals are going to be great. I'm just I'm just concerned with people getting tattooed and then walking out into the mosh pits. That's That's the gross part to me. Oh, no. I see what you mean. Yeah, you have a fucking open wound and you're going to just go out in the mosh pit. Because you know there's going to be people that don't give a fuck. I've seen that happen live before as well. Not not the best thing to happen. You don't, and I, I've had those injuries before. I've gotten injured in the pit and blood's been spewing out. And I stepped out because I just didn't want to bleed over everybody. And then came back with a huge like bunch of like toilet paper stuffed up on my eye. Big flannel shirt piece that was like tied up around my eye. So I didn't have to like hold this like right up here. And I stood on the side of the pit because I'm like, I don't stop bleeding. I want to get back in there because it was for most of us. I'm like, I want to get the fuck back in there because the show is awesome. Oh, yeah. But I got to stay back because don't want that to open up again. Yeah, I, I totally understand. Like, hey, I do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. But, Brian, as we close out this podcast, one thing I always like to do with the artists I have on is give you a chance to say anything you want to say at the end. Plug whatever you want to plug. So, at this point, Brian, the floor is yours. Uh, all right, guys. Well, you can check out the band Fame on Fire. You can check us out on Instagram, TikTok. TikTok, we got a bunch of shit on there. Um, YouTube, we have there's so much music for you to listen to. Just look, at, look us up on Spotify. And also uh, look forward to seeing us on tour with Ice Nine Kills. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Now time for me to end this podcast with three very separate things. The first thing is you guys just heard where to find Fame on Fire and find Brian online as well when it comes to listening to Fame on Fire's music. And they're going on tour with Ice Nine Kills in September and October. You're going to want to check all this out, but I know you guys, you're going to want this as easy as possible. So why don't I just do what I always do? And you're going to go into the description of the podcast, YouTube, Stop Out Podcast, iHeartRadio. You're going to see Find Fame on Fire online in the description. You're going to see labels. You're going to see links. It's going to be super easy for you to follow along with them on social media, subscribe to their YouTube channel, watch their music videos, stream their music on any streaming service. None of that, but then also be able to check out where they're going to be playing so you can get a ticket to that show. Because like I said, I'm going to go see these see these guys play four times in the span of two weeks. You, <laughs> you can at least go friends. once. You can go at least once. Trust me on this. And now time for the second thing, Brian, because whenever I have a guest on the podcast that I absolutely enjoy having on, I like to make a certain promise. This happened a hundred percent of the time, and this streak just keeps on rolling. So, what this is this is going to be a little bit more of an expanded promise because I have certain dates. But when I get to see you perform live, whether it's at Blue Ridge, whether it's in Green Bay on September seventeenth, in Madison, Wisconsin on September, I believe that's the twenty first, and then in Joliet, Illinois on September twenty fourth, at least one of those times, I have to make good of my promise, and my promise is this, sir. First round's on me. Done done whatever if whatever whichever one of those shows i have an off day on the next day because i'm i can't play hungover it's the worst fucking thing in the world totally (laughs) understand once i start i can't stop that's the reality of the situation totally understandable but hey there's there's four days right there and i know on the i know on the one that you guys are doing on that uh in Juliet, illinois on that on the 24th because i know escape the fate is about is uh off that one but a band. oh oh, no this is easy blue ridge blue ridge we're gonna fuck up at blue ridge we get fucked up with Lurge and then I'm going to get fucked up in that Ice Nine Kills pit. And we'll just have a great time doing that. I'm to- totally down. It's going to be a great time. We'll make it happen. All right, Brian. So on that note, I cannot end this podcast and I'll get conscious goodbye for a couple of reasons. One, I've been seeing you guys four times in the span of two weeks in September. So this is going to like, I'm going to see you multiple times. Two, I got to make good on that promise. And three, I would love to have you back in the podcast again, especially once new music comes out to really talk about that and really get in deep with your music as well that you guys will be releasing. So I I can't end this with a goodbye. I have to end it with this. See you later. See you later, man. Well, well, folks, that was my interview with Brian from the band Fame on Fire. Again, they're going to be out on tour with Ice Nine Kills Currents for the first half tour, Escape the Fate, and the second half of tour, Bad Omens, in September and October of 2021. So you're going to want to make sure you go to at least one of those shows because I will be at four of those. 
you're gonna want to make sure you go to at least one to see all these incredible bands so check out their website check out where you can find tickets to their shows i will have the links in the description of the podcast for you and when it comes to music coming out and anything else with family fire make sure you're following all of their different things on social media youtube streaming their music all the links script to the podcast for you to do that and remember to follow us at MSOT Rocks, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to that as well because you get all of our crazy videos on there, plus all the Core Progression Podcast videos. If you like the audio streams, please subscribe to the Core Progression Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio because you're going to get this great content nowhere else. So make sure you do it. I want to thank guys for doing all that for us as well, for both Fame on Fire and for us because, well, a like, a share, a subscribe, telling your friends, whatever it might be, is a great way to go about it. Again, thank you, Phoenix Fitness. 15% off your entire order at fnxfit.com. Use the code MSOTD. Thank you, Brian, for being on the show. I will definitely pay up on my debt of first rounds on me, most likely at Blue Ridge, but if it has to be on a later day, so be it. Otherwise, on that note, that's going to be for today, guys. Thank you for watching. This is the Chord Progression Podcast brought to you by MSOTD Rocks, Rock and Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one. It's a big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!